Welcome to Present Company, the Netflix podcast that brings you dynamic conversations with exceptional people behind your favorite series, films, documentaries, and specials. I'm your host, Krista Smith. For years, I was Vanity Fair's ambassador to Hollywood, interviewing countless actors as well as creatives and authorities across the spectrum. My passion is talent, any form of it. How do you know you have it? How do you cultivate it? How do you protect it? And also, I want to get to the heart of what drives it. On this podcast, I'll be talking to people in Hollywood and far beyond. Thank you for joining me. It's my pleasure to bring you today's episode with Amy Adams, who I've known since the very beginning of her journey as an actress. From her breakout role as the love-struck candy striper opposite Leonardo DiCaprio in Catch Me If You Can, to that moment at the Sundance Film Festival when her performance in a little film called June Bug had everyone asking, who is that? And resulted in her first Oscar nomination. To now, when she stands as one of the most esteemed actors of her generation, a six-time Academy Award nominee, a producer, a mom, and a dear friend. She joined me to discuss her new film, Hillbilly Elegy, based on the best-selling memoir by J.D. Vance and directed by Ron Howard. It's a story of three generations of an Appalachian family struggling with volatile relationships, poverty, and drug addiction. And Adams delivers a powerhouse performance as J.D.'s mother, Beverly. One note for listeners, we recorded this at Amy's house outside, and there are a few audio hiccups along the way. But bear with us. It's worth it, I promise. Without further ado, here's my favorite redhead, Amy Adams. Amy Adams, it's a delight to see you and speak with you. And if our listeners can listen real close, you can hear nature because we're outside in your backyard. It's absolutely beautiful. I love it. I saw a bunny earlier and I'm hearing the birds Mm. and the water. It's so nice up there. Yeah, I think Colorado instilled a love of nature. So it's one of those things I'm always grateful to get to participate in. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Um, So I'm just going to start by asking you about Hillbilly Elegy. Mm -hmm. This obviously based on the best-selling book by J.D. Vance, uh, New York Times bestseller, his autobiography. You play his mother, Bev. Yeah. Uh, You've played real-life people a couple times in your career. Not overwhelmingly so, but a couple times. Yeah, more than once. I think More than twice, actually. Vice, right? You uh-huh. played um, Lynn Cheney. Lynn Cheney. And in Big Eyes, you played Margaret Keene. And right. then in The Fighter. Oh, right. Charlene. Right. Yeah. So this is the force. So talk to me about what got grabbed you about this story or the script when it, when it came to you. What made you kind of think, I'm going to step into these shoes right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I wasn't familiar with the book. I mean, I'd heard of it, but I hadn't read it when the script came across my desk, so to speak. Um, Ron Howard had sent me, I he'd gotten my number and he texted and asked if it was okay if he called. And I was, of course, I mean, of course I'm going to take Ron Howard's call. And we had a really long conversation and Ron Howard and I are both very um, chatty, I guess you could say. And we had a great conversation and um i think that's the first thing that pulled me in was was ron and also this sort of his way into the story through the family so i went and i did go and read the book and and i have a really vivid memory of buying the book because i think i have such a longing to go to a bookstore it's one of my favorite we used to do that all the time the barnes and noble at the grove is where i got my hillbilly elegy coffee because I, I was like, oh, this is this is the script that I'm reading. And so I, I bought the book and read that uh, soon after I had read the script. And um, I was really fascinated with this family and their story um, for many reasons. Mm-hmm. What was kind of one of the lasting impressions that you had on, on tackling this and, and living in it for the duration of filming it? Um, I think that... It's it's this idea that we're so separate uh, culturally, and yet in filming this, not only through my experience in filming this, but through the crew's experience, and so many people came up to me 
And they've had people in their family who struggle with um, addiction, um, mental illness, or who have experienced generational violence. And it just really spoke to them. And that really, um, that it was very moving that this encouraged people to share their own experiences. Um, so whether or not it was regional, I did love that it seemed not only with my character, but also with Mama stepping up and taking care of the kids. There's so many heroes out there that are doing that for their grandchildren and their, their families. So that's kind of what stayed with me through the experience of filming is, is all the unsung heroes we have out there. And Mama is played by Glenn, Glenn Close. Glenn Close. Oh. <laughs> we both did it at oh. the same time. We both had the ah, uh, Yeah, I mean... Glenn. I just love Glenn. <laughs> Tell me about working with her a lot. You guys have uh, a lot of scenes together, obviously. Yeah. Uh, you play mother and daughter. Uh, it's a, it's at times toxic and mm -hmm. at other times um, loving. Yeah. How, how was it working with Glenn? It's amazing. I'm always impressed when I'm working with um, people that I grew up watching. Um, when they're still approaching it with so much fresh, they have fresh eyes and a fresh take and so much energy. And her take on Mama is so organic and, and the amount of uh, research she did and the amount of video that she watched and, and just her energy for the character. Um, I always have a lot of, it's so inspiring to me to see people approach a character. Um, with that much dedication. Yeah. And for you, obviously. Both and she's cool. I she does seem can cool. Can I swear? Yeah, you can oh, swear. Oh, good. She's cool as shit, man. She is so cool. She seems really cool. She's really cool and funny and, yeah, just genuine. She's more dignified than that, so I should have a better way of putting it. But she had such uh, – I love seeing an actor – who's been at it as long as she has mm -hmm. and has had such a varied career. Yes. Uh, and was one of the early adapters to television. I mean, you forget about damages. Oh, that yeah, was the yeah. first kind of non-traditional uh, series on, on uh, I think it was like wherever it was. She was amazing. She was, yeah. And that was certainly a trailblazing moment. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like, and from... You know, just her, all her characters, I'm thinking of the one where it's like Albert Knob that she played. Yeah. The, um, you know, she was completely immersed in that character. And obviously, just most recently, the wife. So And brilliant. I loved, it was like after that Oscars and, and that whole crazy award season. And she came to that, our Vanity Fair Oscar party and just was like, I am here. Let's have a good time. And yeah. talked to everybody and was just, we all were in love with her. And I love, yeah. it's like what you talk about, that enthusiasm mm -hmm. for an actor that has been at it so long and she still shows up as if it's her first day on the job. She does. And that's, that's inspiring and encouraging and infectious, all those things. Mm. And she's just cool. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah. So I, you're playing a real life character as we established. Tell yes. me about getting in, what got you into Bev? What was the thing that, was it the shoes? Was it the hair? Was it the denim? No. Was it, because yeah, some, sometimes helps. people take an essence and, and, you know, I know JD has been quoted as saying like, it felt like he saw his mother and grandmother come to life. He felt like they were yeah. reincarnated in you and Glenn. It's, it's interesting because I've always worked from the inside out, meaning I really, really need and value everything you can put on the character. But if I can't find the character internally, Nothing I put on is going to help me find it. So for me, it was really getting to know the family, getting to see their interactions, um, kind of understanding their love and passion for each other, their strengths, their weaknesses. And they were so open and, and available for us, you know. But Vanessa's script really, it challenged us because when we find Bev and Mama, often it's inside of very traumatic moments for J.D., you know, this is JD's recollection and point of view. So it's inside very traumatic moments. So it's constantly living in a state of um, causing trauma to a child in a way. And that was, that was hard, you know, 
that was a challenge. Um, and Ron's, you know, everybody on set was so great, but you know, that was, that was difficult at times, you know, not, I wasn't sure I was going to, how I was going to, uh, come in and out of that, mm-hmm. you know, being a mother, that was tricky. Yeah. Was there yeah. harder days than, than others? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think the day in the car, that scene, I mean, Owen and I talked about it a lot. Owen played the young, um, JD and he was just such a, he's such a, I mean, I say, I have a hard time talking about him now cause I think he's 15 now and he's like definitely a young man and like, he looks nothing like he did. And it, so it's so funny referring to, I called him baby Owen and now he's not at all that, but he was so open and willing and understood that it would be hard for me. And so it was really sweet of him to constantly be like, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, you know? And we would hug it out. Um, you remember back when we could hug people? Yeah. Back when we could I hug know, it out. When we could hug it out. So he was he was a lovely actor to work with, a very, a very lovely young actor. Yeah. Well, it really is shot almost like an action sequence. I yeah. Mean, and it it starts one way uh, and ends another, and you don't anticipate mm-hmm. the twists and turns that that scene is going to take. And I imagine, yeah, it must have done. That must have been a lot of takes just to get the sequence right. It was a lot of takes, and it was also 103 degrees in Georgia that day, and I'm wearing nylon <laughs> and a wig, and I have a lot of hair. For those of you who don't know me, I have a lot of hair to get under that wig. So, but we didn't complain. I I like to say you have the best hair in Hollywood (laughs) and I stand by that. (laughs) But it's funny what you remember because walking away from it, yes, it was challenging and there was some, it was emotionally devastating at times, but I really walking, I I remember walking away like with Owen just smiling and sweating. And I would be like, Hey, people pay a lot of money to sweat this much. Just pretend you're in a spa. We've, we or a vacation, like come on, we're in the Bahamas, we're sweating it out, and he's like, "You're crazy," <laughs> but he went with it, yeah. and uh, it was it was great to get to have. Like I remember the experience of shooting it um, in a very positive way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're not really a, you're not a method actor. You 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 break from character. Yes, I think sometimes the character comes with me a little bit more than I intended to. So, um, my husband, I'm sure he'd be happy to come out here and talk about living with Bev. Um, so I don't mean to be method, but I think sometimes there's like a seeping, it, it's not intentional, but it kind of seeps into my being a bit. Mm-hmm. And is there an aftermath of responsibility? And like we had said at the top of this conversation, playing Lynn Cheney, playing yeah. Margaret Keene, I mean, it's certainly people that are alive and aren't famous. How does that, how does that, how do you process that? I, I feel that I'm always sensitive in how I speak of them and I'm sensitive how I approach them. I never see my characters as good or bad. I try not to judge them and I'm trying to dive into the humanity of them and find, um, the depth, the reasons behind who they are. And I think it's tricky because then I don't also want to talk about what I found. <laughs> so I, I also want to keep that, that part of it between me and whatever I <laughs> found out about. You know, I'm, I'm very sensitive to that. I think the tricky part is not wanting to use their story to further my narrative as an actress, but understanding that we're a- approaching it with artistic license. And so that has to be really really tricky for them. You know, I'm sensitive to that. It has to be hard. Was Bev uh, on set with you at all at any point? Yeah, she she did. Uh, JD was there more often than Bev. And Bev came towards the end, but we did get to meet them uh, at the beginning of filming. And uh, they were wonderful. They were really, um, she's very uh, energetic and colorful and a big personality and, um, fun. You could see how she was really fun to be around and, uh, really smart. And I, I really appreciated them allowing us to come into their lives in that way. And the whole, the whole Middletown, Ohio was really gracious and allowing us to come 
and shoot there. And everybody there was just very, um, very welcoming. Yeah. I love that, that scene almost at the beginning when you're, you realize that the audience realizes at the same time that, oh, wait, they all live on the same block, but no one lives yeah. together. Yeah. Like that's actually not a bad idea. Oh my that. gosh. I think, mm. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, actually not. I mean, what's funny is in my house, we're, we're here at my house today. It's not that big of a house, but we all live in our own space, basically. My daughter has her space that she lives in. My husband has his space that he lives in. And I have my space that I live in. And then we all sort of come together at different points during the day. I think that's a that works for us. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Do you have that at yeah, your house? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Everyone kind of like disappears. And I'll be like, wait, I haven't seen you all day, especially now with, with uh, school being online. Exactly. Online learning. It's, uh, they'll disappear for five hours at a time. It's really strange with your children having autonomy inside of your own home. So like I have to give her space to go to school, but she's in my house. So I'm still like getting her food and water and like poking my head in to make sure she's doing her work. You know, it's a very strange, um, strange time. Yeah. I know we're all kind of living in these things, but the kids are doing great. I'm really impressed. Yeah. They're yeah. very resilient, as as they say. Yeah. Kids are very resilient, yeah. much more so than adults. Uh, this is a really complex character. Mm. And it's one of the more, on paper, unlikable characters. Mm. Like tough, challenging, addict, yeah. um, unpredictable, uh, you know, obviously anger issues, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, generational violence. Yeah. But yet this is a real person. And one of the things that was, which just for you always to me bring, always bring out the humanity in these characters and manage for us to sympathize Mm. with her, even though the circumstances might make you think otherwise, you have an ability to just draw us in. And I'm thinking about the other scene in the car towards the end of the movie mm. when you're talking with your son and he's just been through this hell basically in the hospital. And mm-hmm. then you drop into this moment of absolute mother and son. And I want like knowing that you are have to do what's on the script, knowing that you're, this is only one second in one person's life. And then yeah. again, a, a writer's interpretation, a director's interpretation, yes, an sir. actor's interpretation. You are three at the very minimum, you're three interpretations away from the real person. Mm-hmm. What was most important for you to get right mm. for her? Her desire to be better. I think her true desire to be different. And whatever kept her from being different, that's what's underneath and that's sort of what drives her. But I think her true desire was to be the best mother she could be, the best nurse she could be. Um, and life got in the way. So I just wanted to be able to communicate that for whatever her challenges are and her flaws are, her intent is to be better to do better. And that's authentic. That's, I think we as mothers all know that, like to differing degrees, we fail our children at times and it isn't through intent at all. It's, it's just something. So that, that's something that I, I was always felt is that she really did want the best for her kids, you know? And we should say she's six years sober She's now. six years sober. She's, uh, last I heard, I didn't hear from her, but I did her through a source that she's actually helping addicts now and she's working, um, she's paying it forward. So she's doing great. And when I saw her, she was working on getting her nursing license back. So I'm not sure where she is with that, but you know, that's one of working the th- to do better. That's one of the things yeah. in the film that is so heartbreaking is you realize how sympathetic and how nurturing she is as a nurse, when she yeah. was a nurse, yeah. realized how good she was at her job. Very good at her job. And that she was so smart. Yeah. Put herself through nursing school with two kids. You know, that's not easy. I couldn't do it. Right. And then just yeah. like you said, life happens. Yeah. Um, 
Well, you were talking earlier about Ron Howard and, and Ron Howard feels like as apple pie is right. as Like Chevrolet, apple pie and Ron Howard. I mean, I think of him as started on the Andy Griffith show, then happy days, mm-hmm. then went on to do splash and night shift and Apollo 13. And, you know, most recently he did rush. I mean, he's, he's done so much work over the course of his, uh, career as a director and obviously as a producer and a mentor, what was your experience working with him? What differentiated him? Like what, what makes you know, like, Oh, that's Ron Howard. I mean, there's Ron Howard, the Howard, the person, and then there's Ron Howard, the director. So what makes Ron Howard, the person so amazing is he in, and it bleeds over. So they, they bleed over. So, so Netflix, I like to tell this story because it kind of says it all. Netflix has training before you start working to sort of understand like, how do, how do we put, what is it called? You know what I mean? The, I don't know how we put it. The, uh, it's essentially like, look, you can't behave like this on set, you know, like it's, it's essentially just protocol. A protocol. Yes. It's like a PR protocol meeting. Like, uh, here's our expectation. So at the end, and it's all pretty, you know, pretty standard. And we get to the end and Ron Howard says, um, it, the, the person running the meeting is like, okay, does anybody have any questions or comments? And Ron Howard raises his hand and says, yeah, um, I don't like name calling and I don't like yelling. And I don't think either are necessary for a good product or a good experience. I was like, and that is Ron Howard. You know, he just wanted to let everybody know, you know, don't like yelling. I don't like name calling. And it's just he's he's so gracious. He thanks everybody. All day long, he's constantly thanking people, whether it's craft service or, um, you know, the the extras coordinator, the casting assistants, the PAs, myself. He's constantly thanking people for showing up and being committed. So he really pays attention to the experience that people are having on set. And that is a really beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. But as a director, he is challenging. <laughs> like, he really is not going to leave a scene until he has minded for, you know, he's challenging in the best way, I find. You know, he's he he wants to really find the layers and the depths of the scene. And he likes to stay in it and uh, likes to stay in the scene. Did work you, it. Do you he respond well to that? Do sure. you feel like you get... Like you love peeling away the layers. I do love peeling away the layers. Um, I've worked with people who take a lot, do a lot of takes, and I've worked with people who don't do a lot of takes, and both have their, both have their advantages. And what I I like about it is you, you really get to explore tone and and uh, the relationship and yeah. What's your favorite part, especially on a movie like this, where you know that you're going to deep dark places mm-hmm. and it's going to be a physical, aggressive performance, uh, combative. Yeah. I should shout out, obviously, uh, Haley plays your daughter. Yeah. fantastic. She's Haley fantastic Bennett in it. She's great. She's a great cast. What's your favorite day on the job? Like when you wake up and you know, is it the difficult scene? Is it the easy scene? Like what, what is the Amy Adams favorite day? I, I think it's the scenes when we're all together. Um, we got to start the film out in the holler and we all filmed in a small town uh, north of Atlanta. We all stayed in a bed and breakfast and we would wake up and go to set and see each other all day long and then come home and eat dinner together, then sit out on the porch and either play games or tell stories or sing songs. So for me, it's not just the filming, but it was this amazing experience we all got to have for about a week. Um, and it was that kind of cast. Sometimes casts get that, you get that, kismet where everybody comes together and um just it's easy and this was one of those casts from from owen and his parents who were lovely as well um you know glenn and her dog pippy and then Haley, who had a newborn so like it, it had a very familial uh feel anyway so that's that was my favorite those are my favorite days is the days when we all got to sort of be together at the end of the day How's Glenn's singing voice? Because I know yours uh, and I know Haley. So Haley's is really good. How's Glenn's? Really good. Really? Yes. She's really into like South Pacific. Yeah. So she, yeah. Nice. She's not the first person to open up her mouth and sing. Like, you know me, I'll sing anything. I'm 
shameless. I don't have to be good at it. I just like, I like being sung too. So, so I do love a sing along. (laughs) But it was nice because Joe, right? Joe and Glenn did readings of poems. They know it was made. It was really cool. Yeah. Those are my favorite, favorite nights. That feels very special. Yeah. What did you take away from it? Because I do believe actors it's, take something yeah. from every performance. It's it's interesting because what you go into things for one reason and come out with a different experience. I do think the resilience of family being together, and I think that's been highlighted in these in the in the times that we've had recently. I come from a big family, and it hasn't always been you know you know, 1960s sitcom perfect. (laughs) So it's just like how the love of complicated and families with family members who have differing experiences, how much that love carries you through um, different times in your life, no matter what direction you go. I think that was a big thing. And then I learned, I learned a lot about kind of like who I want to be moving forward as an actress, like with Glenn Close. I've, that's happened to me when I've worked with uh, certain actresses where I see the way that they've moved forward in their life. And I'm like, hmm, that, that seems right. You know, like Glenn moved to Montana to be closer to her sister. And um, it just feels right. I, I look and I go, yeah, I get that, you know. So it, it, there's a lot of different lessons I learned. Success and then fame came to you later in your career in terms of Hollywood later. Than later. Others, yeah. yeah, later than I heard others. I someone I mean, say that recently. I was like, I was now, I'm like, now it would be later. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. It's a funny way we think about it. So this is what I want to know. So you had a lot of frustrations as an actor, mm. not, not any more unique than anybody else. How much of that struggle of... And I mean, it's pretty well known at this point, yeah. right? You you were doing, after high school, you were a dancer. Obviously, you can sing. We all know that. You were doing dinner theater. You kind of got that break. You, mm-hmm. you know, drop dead gorgeous. You're going to move to LA. You're going to make it. And it was really a slog. It was really you and everybody else. And then yeah. between you and the girl that got it yeah. for a lot of years, right? Yeah, for a lot of years. Um. I mean, even then I struggled between extreme gratitude because I knew a lot of people who didn't even have representation. Um, so I struggled between being extremely grateful that I had this brilliant manager and agency behind me so I was able to go on the auditions and also just never, like never getting the job. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a common struggle for actors, you know. But I, I always I always love that uh, struggle between um gratitude and frustration you know i think it's very human do you feel like that that struggle better prepared you for suddenly seemingly being shot out of a cannon with junebug and i think um i understood who i was as a human being better and i understood who i wanted to be as an artist better um i still had you know insecurities and and um you know, struggled with them on and off, but, but I had a better understanding. I think when, when Catch Me If You Can happen, it was just so not, it didn't register as real, <laughs> almost. So I didn't know how to process it. Um, so I never thought that, you know, I would get a job in a Steven Spielberg movie. Like, what the hell? That was not going to happen to me. I thought, you know, if I work, if I'm a working actress, great. And I still feel like that. Like, I still feel really lucky to be a working actress, but I just don't think I knew how to wrap my head around that. What's interesting about that movie is that movie is Leonardo DiCaprio. And there were so many actresses in it, but yet none of you popped in the way. It was like, it was like a rung in the ladder, but it wasn't like, oh, that, Mm. that's the only one. Because I think of, you know, aside from Elizabeth Banks, who's gone on to have an amazing career and like yourself has an amazing career. Ellen no Pompeo, really, right? Jen Gardner. But that movie, that movie was really a moment, obviously, because it was Spielberg and obviously yeah. Leo at that time. 
Also, uh, Jamie Newman, I believe, had a part as a flight attendant, and she just won an Oscar for a short film she produced. So, like, little, little note. That was fun to watch. What was that like after? And I remember doing when you were doing June Bug, and and you had been fired off the TV show, or the TV show Several. was canceled. <laughs> Several, or was canceled. I can't I remember fired, one or the other. Yeah, I was. Well, I wasn't. I was fired previously from television shows, and then I was fired again after Catch Me If You Can. It's amazing. And then you get nominated for an Oscar, and I'll never forget that gorgeous Carolina Herrera brown dress with pockets. With pockets. And she lent me her personal aquamarine earrings, and I was in heaven. Do you still remember that that moment and that day? Oh, yeah. I do. Very vividly. Because I really was like, this is it. You know, this is my big moment. I really thought this is, I have to remember every detail um, of going to the Oscars. And it was never... I never had a thought about winning, not winning. I just wanted to be there and and experience it and be present. Because I was really, really grateful. Like I was blown away to be there. Yeah. So since that moment, it felt like we have, you've been in so many different genres of films from, I think of the, you know, Lois Lane playing, obviously, mm-hmm. as a journalist, one of my favorite characters uh, in that kind of comic book universe. Hi. Um, and also in the Night at the Museum of Amelia Earhart and then Julia and Julia. And I think of Charlie's Wilson's War, like comedies and then Doubt, very serious drama. Is all of this stuff, is it on purpose? Does it just speak to you? Is it just about timing? I mean, I think it's a little bit of all of those things. Um, and it's, it's like each, each job I take for a dif- different reason at a different time, whether it's the director, the script, um, I want to do something fun. I want to do something families can watch. Um, I look forward to returning to some family films. I miss that. I feel like I've kind of dug deep into these more complicated, uh, dark characters and I look forward to exploring some family friendly fare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, each one had its own reason in, in the moment. So there was never a, like a plan per se, but there was always a reason. And does it come down to instinct if it's between like two great parts and what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It usually comes down to, yeah, it is very much instinct. And do you ever second guess, like, I wish I would have done that. Oh, I should have. Or do you wake up? There's ever buyer's remorse, I guess, would be. the No, no, actually. I think with the films that have, quote unquote, performed well, either critically or commercially, or the films that didn't, they've all provided something to my life. There's something that I've learned by doing them, an experience that I've had by doing them. So I really don't have a single film where I've gone, I shouldn't have done that, nor is there a part that I've passed on that I've watched someone else achieve great success with that I've thought, oh, I should have done that. Um, I just feel like we're all on our own path here, you know. You've worked with some incredible, uh, you've played some incredible characters, and I just think about the Joaquin Phoenix oh. and her and in The Master and Philip. Philip Seymour Hoffman and the master that you just brought that up. And I was like, wow. Yeah. That was a special one. That was really special. Um, well, anytime I got to work with Philip was special for me. So what was he like? Cause you guys did oh. doubt together too. How, how would you describe him to someone there? That- well, there's him as a human and him as an actor, which I talk about a lot. Like they're the same person. So, but he, he was just one of those people that just was so purely him. And he was so interested in other people. And you always felt seen with him. And my experience of working with him was not only being seen as Amy, but when I was playing the character, I felt that his character was seeing my character and it made it feel so real. Um, everything with him felt so real and immediate. There's just something about him 
Um, I guess that's the best way to put it is you felt seen good or bad. Sometimes, (laughs) sometimes I'm like, Oh no, he can see me. (laughs) Um, yeah, he laughed at me a lot, which was fair, completely fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and what about Joaquin? Joaquin, well, I had working with him on the master was very different than working with him on her. Cause the master, we had this very distant and antagonistic sort of relationship on, on screen. I got to know him, but didn't really get to know him. I think we were all working really hard and it was a very intense shoot. But then when we started doing her and we were playing friends, I got to know him. He's very special. He's just a special human being. And, um, I know that he's sort of moved on to a different phase in his life and I'm so excited for him to see, to see what that brings him. He's so tender, you know. It's funny, he always called me Angry Adams. <laughs> he and Philip and Paul Thomas Anderson and Spike Jones. I think they still only refer to me as Angry. <laughs> it's Long a good story. nickname. I think it's, I'm just outspoken and people don't expect it. So I'm, I'm very, pl- I guess, would you say plain spoken or just, I, blunt. I'm not blunt. <laughs> I like to call it honest. I don't mean to not, you know, but I think it, it sometimes takes people by surprise, you know, that I'm just, I don't, I mean, maybe in interviews, I spend a lot of time talking in circles, but in life I don't, you know, um, but again, we talked about this earlier about not wanting to hurt people's feelings, but also wanting to be really honest. Um, now, being honest and being blunt aren't the same thing, so I could probably work on my technique from time to time. Um, <laughs> what about Christian Bale? Oh, Christian Bale. I love Christian. You, you know how much I love him. I think when you're talking about all three of those actors, the ability that they have is to take all of their commitment and... Um, And commitment, just deep, deep commitment. And if you're willing to allow yourself to go on that ride with them, it's it's an amazing experience. Because um, working with working with Christian, working with Philip, and working with Joaquin, I've never been so sort of transported inside of roles. Um, like really, it's a it's a it's an interesting experience. And it's so, it's so with, with the David O I'm thinking of Christian. I mean, mm. the roles you guys did were so specific and their relationships were different in mm-hmm. each one. I mean, one you played husband and wife, obviously in vice. And then yeah. the other one, you were antagonistic and in the fighter. Yeah. And then in, uh, American hustle, your lovers. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys have really run the gamut. I trust him. So I would work with him on anything. I, I most of the, I, I have to say, I feel really lucky that I feel like I can say that about most of the actors that I've worked with. Um, Christian, there's just, I think after this amount of time, there's such an ease working with him and such a, I trust him. I know that's something that actors say a lot is having trust is so important, but it's, it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I want to, I want to talk to you about your singing because you can't, think of Amy without singing, at least I can't, without your voice and vocals and obviously made famous uh, in Enchanted. And I know there might be another, there's been rumors swirling that we're going to see an Enchanted 2 or whatever it's called, Mm -hmm. but that you might be doing that again. But uh, tell me how important that is to you. And I I think also of you singing at the Oscars, like how crazy is that? That was the scariest thing uh, I've ever done. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, career-wise, mm-hmm. that was the scariest thing. Mm-hmm. I remember having a panic attack backstage before it started and thinking, why did I agree to do this? <laughs> why, did, why would I agree to do this? Um, but it was fun. Right, and you get to, you're, yeah. you're going to do another musical with Dear Evan Hansen, right? Mm-hmm. We, we filmed that in Atlanta. And I mean, I sing a little bit in that. Mostly I just get to witness... Um, Ben Platzing and Caitlin Deaver and this amazing cast of, of, they're not kids, but you know, I feel like I'm at that age where everybody's a kid. Um, Mm -hmm. They're amazing talents and human beings, but yes, hopefully we'll be getting to do the Enchanted. Right. Giselle, right. That, that was such a huge, I mean, if you, if you talked about that movie on paper, it's like, what, 
what's happening. It's a fairy tale. And then they're going to be in real life. And then the squirrels are going to be singing, but they're not. And it's this love story in your Manhattan. But it's one of those perfect worlds where it works so beautifully. Everything just, you really had yeah. to believe it to yeah. do it. And it, I was really uh, hesitant to do another one. Like we've really sat on a sequel for a long time, but as we started coming up with what it would look like, it just started to feel like the right time. So you've done that thing that is pretty rare or, or it's not as easily accomplished as it looks, but you have maintained privacy mm-hmm. and dare I say, even been boring for most Hollywood well, starlets. Being and- boring comes very easy to me, Krista. <laughs> you haven't how you have not had to live a tabloid you know you've been basically tabloid free considering you know the amount of accomplishments and how much you have been really in the limelight for almost at least the past 15 plus years Mm -hmm. uh talk to me a little bit about that i know it's intentional And I know you cannot be boring if you chose to not be boring. So I'm not going to believe that when you say that. I'm going to demand more from you. Um, I think it's that I'm boring. I'm just boring. I'm I'm basic. it, It is, I mean, there's some part of it that is, it always feels like it doesn't come off as genuine to say that I don't like attention. Um, they don't like unearned attention. Does that make sense? I just I don't like attention. Um, sorry, I'm like working through this in my head. So I, I, it has, it's been intentional, but without being intentional. Does that make sense? Like I don't have a plan. I also, I, I feel like coming from a big family and having my husband and my daughter I'm just always sensitive to the life that they chose versus the life that I chose. So knowing that I'm one of seven children and knowing that I'm the mother of a child and, you know, the wife of my husband, I just value the intimacy of those relationships so deeply that um, I guess I've worked to keep them very close to me and close to... um, no, I don't know how to put it. Well, I've also... St- I think I'll go with I'm boring. <laughs> Just go back to being boring. Because it sounds intentional when I try to describe it, but it really is actually very organic. It's not authentic for me to like... You know, although some people get that attention and it's not out of any pursuit that they've had, you know. I have a whole theory on this. I think when you grow up in a place like... Colorado and you're constantly every day you're at the Rocky Mountains and you're faced with this nature that's overwhelming. Mm. You always know that there is something bigger than you. Yes, that feels right what you're saying. And I feel like that is something that I've always had like something so much bigger than me. Just look at that. Yeah. So I feel like you have a little of that. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen you do this thing where you disappear in in front of you like in front mm-hmm. of me or in front of whoever it is. Yes. You can walk the streets and no one knows that you it's you. Yes. 100%. And then you can be quote unquote, I put this in quotation marks, Amy Adams, you know, six time nominated Oscar uh, nominee, you know, franchise movie girl, blah, 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 blah. And you, a physical thing changes in you. Mm. And I, I can see you walk in a restaurant as no one notices go to the bathroom and walk back in as Amy Adams and everybody notices. And I think that's something that you, I don't even know if you're doing it, but it's something that you know how to do. You know how to disappear in your own person, Mm. just like you do in the roles that you play. And I've seen that. I think that's fair. Whether or not I mean to do it, I think it's fair. I mean, I've seen people who innately have personalities that cannot be hidden. They just, it will never, they can never disappear. It's just not within them. And, and it's organic and innate to their, who they are. 
But I think my nature is small. Like when I think about who I am, I feel very internal. And I like to sit out with the trees and, you know, commune mm-hmm. with nature and go for hikes. And when I get together with my family, I'll tell you what, there are definitely personalities in my family you cannot take your eyes off of. I am not one of them. You know, like I grew up with really amazingly intelligent and magnetic personalities around me. And I was not one of them, you know. So I've seen it in my own family of people who can sort of command a room. Yeah. And I am not one of them, you know. So I think you learn along the way, um, or I have learned along the way, to just embrace you know, being someone who likes to read a book by a tree, you know. Well, speaking of reading books and by yes. a tree, yes. you formed your own company. Yes. And I and, and you decided, obviously, at a certain point, a very deliberate decision to form um, Bond yes. Partners, right? Is that what it is? Bond yeah. Group. Bond Group. Yes. Uh, and you you didn't do Sharp Objects. Did you do Sharp Objects with that or no? No, no. I started producing with Sharp Objects, and that was sort of the impetus. Um, behind starting Bond Group. And how does it feel to be boss lady and, you know, um, develop material and be on the other side of it? It's wonderful. It's really wonderful to get to see, um, to see something be creatively born in that way and to be a part of um, storytelling from the inception. I really enjoyed that with Sharp Objects, but with this, it's, it's, we have a couple of projects in development, one at Netflix, um, and one that's a young adult that, um, we're just getting the writers going and then, yeah, there's, there's stuff, um, stuff that I'm going to be involved with, um, projects I'm not going to be, I mean, I won't be involved with as an actress, but I'll be involved with creatively along the way. And it's exciting. I like the idea of um, being behind storytelling, that um, creating opportunities for people. That's something that really excites me. And I knew that was something I should have done when I uh, was working on Sharp Objects and we cast Eliza uh, Scanlon. And she was so wonderful um, playing my sister. And She was cast in Little Women, and she called me to tell me. And I have to tell you, I've never been that happy for myself, ever. And I remember telling my agent that. I was like, I think I am supposed to produce because I'm happier for Eliza getting opportunity to grow as an artist than I've ever been for myself. And so that that really... I believe you get clues about what direction you're supposed to go. And so that was a big clue for me is I want to create opportunity for different voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that leads me perfectly into my last question, which is about what kind of advice or, I mean, I hate to use that word advice, but what would you encourage those that want to embark on a career in the arts and by very nature of it, whether it's writing or directing or, or, acting or singing, you know, it comes, it's such a hard business to break into regardless of, of how you approach it. What kind of advice do you have for, for people that are, that are trying to do it regardless of what age they are and where should that energy be focused? I guess bringing it back to our conversation earlier, lean into your organic self. Don't try to change the innate nature of who you are to become something you think they want. Um, learn yourself, learn your craft, and have fun. Have fun. Yeah. I think if I just when you said that about, I remember you were blonde. You were, you know, oh, you I were going to be disaster. the it girl, and that <laughs> like you went through personally, right? You went through a lot of. Trying to fit in, right? To I, yeah. to the looks, yeah. Well, not just the, I mean, the looks, yes, that was a part of it. Um, thinking I needed to be like anybody else. I mean, I would go into auditions and had planned the reading so that I was acting in the same nature of the person who I know they wanted for the part. And I won't name names, but 
there was different actresses who were getting a lot of work and I would try to act like them, you know, like try to adapt their quirks to be like, oh, if this is what they want, then I'll just do that. Um, but it didn't work, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> and it wasn't until, it, it was really when I, when I started playing slightly quirky characters, which is probably closer to my organic nature, did it start to click in. So I, I guess that's why I lean into like, spend more time learning who you are and learning your craft than trying to please others. Uh, all right. If we were going to go into your special karaoke room right now mm. um, and fire up that machine, mm -hmm. what would we be singing today? I'm in the mood for some like singer songers, singer songer, singer songwriter, seventies music. Like I want a little bread, you know, a little baby, you know that dreams, little carpenters, maybe. Mm, can you give me just a little carpenters? Hmm, I might have to warm into this one. Which one do you like? Which which is your favorite? Well, let's see. Um, just begun to live white lace and promises. That one, like a kiss. I'm a little vibrato. I gotta like mm -hmm. bring it in. I wouldn't know the difference. It sounds so great. <laughs> oh. I'm always a big John Denver's. You know oh. that's. You know. Oh yeah. What? Come big. on. I did it. You know, you have to sing some. Oh, I can't sing. I talk. I'm like Johnny Cash. Talk sing. Like do that's it. all I can do. Uh, all right. But I always love that Rocky Mountain High. And and oh yeah, that's a hard one. But Rocky Mountain High. Yeah. I can't believe I'm singing on you for you. I know it's really. I feel. He's born in the summer of his 27th, 27th year, coming, coming home to a place he'd never been before. Left yesterday behind him. Yes, yeah, you can say like, he was born again. Might say he found the key to every door. Is that how it goes? Mm -hmm. Now I just want to sing because we have a mic. So I'm yeah, I know mic. it's just too <laughs> tempting, right? <laughs> every door. Oh, yeah. And then there's another thing. In the Colorado uh, Rocky Mountain High. I've seen a rain and fire from the sky. No, he'd be a poor man if you never saw an eagle fly. Rocky Mountain High, Colorado. That's why we like it. Yeah, we love yeah. it. All right, what are the new... Sorry, you don't have to include any of that. I will include <laughs> all of it. Are you kidding? The Amy, thank you so much. Thank Thanks you. for your time. Thanks for your backyard. Of it's course, a, it's been so nice to hang with you. Um, I love what you do. I love you on screen. I love you in real life. Thank but you. I love just, what you do too. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining me. Hillbilly Elegy is streaming now on Netflix. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you've been listening. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Krista Smith. Join me next time for more meaningful conversations here at Present Company.